head on down to houseofdecline.com and patreon.com slash houseofdecline. Go there right now. Click on it. This is the call to action for money. Give me money. You get more stuff if you give me money. Do it. Patreon.com slash houseofdecline. That's H-A-U-S of decline. All right, on this episode, we have returning champion, three-time champion, the House of Decline podcast. It's Dono from the Radio Free Tote Bag podcast. How are you, Dono? I am am super. I am so super. And uh, I just want to say, if people don't go to patreon.com slash house of decline, I got a rock right here. I'm going to throw a rock at you. Yeah. Got excellent aim. That's actually a lie. I'm fucking awful aim throwing things. No, that's like, not true. You got you got the aim stuff. of the Irish. <laughs> yeah, no, right. That's, I forget this sometimes. Yeah. It's my culture. Yeah, yeah. Very good, very good archers. Very good archers in the Irish. That's what nobody talks about. Absolutely. Because you know? archery is long dead. The art of archery is is long dead. You know what? It still lives in our hearts. Yeah, it still lives in our Irish hearts. Uh, Joe Biden, amazing archer, but he'd never crow about it. <laughs> he can do the handstand or he's holding the bow with one foot and pulling the string with the other foot. That's a fun fact about him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's very flexible. He's very, we're, we're caping for Biden now. We're bi- huge Biden heads now. It's based Biden. He's, he's got glowing eyes. We're going to Photoshop him with laser eyes. I can shoot that apple right off your head, Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's using his Irish archery abilities. To, to use his dark Brandon laser eyes. We're bringing dark Brandon back. It's been seven months, but back. we're bringing it back. <laughs> um, did you see the footage of him uh, coming out in Ireland to uh, shipping up to Boston? No, holy shit. He's doing his, Biden's doing, Brandon's doing his Irish tour. <laughs> and do they like, do they like the dropkick Murphys over there? Do you think? I think Biden's PR team likes the drop. Uh, yeah, they probably, I don't know. I, I should, I should pull the Irish. I should, I should go around to every Irish person I know and say, Hey, do you like Americanized Irish stuff? Are you a house of pain fans? Does that translate yeah. over here? You know? How do you feel about jumping around up our, yeah. If you're Irish and listening, uh, write in in the comments or in the discord, tell us if you, if you like shipping up to Boston. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I do know about Irish taste in, is in Ireland, um, uh, Rodrigo e Gabriella were very popular. For some reason they had like, they really hit well in Ireland. I don't know why. What's their big song? That name is familiar. Uh, they were a guitar duo. They did like rapid, like flamenco guitar covers oh, of stuff. And uh, okay. they were very skilled at their instruments. But for some reason, they they got big in Ireland. I don't know what, what caused it. <laughs> They're archers on the side. And that kind of gave them yeah, the, they the, the, uh, the culture and the community there. Yeah, you've seen you've seen uh, those Robert Rodriguez movies. You know, all guitars turn into some sort of projectile weapon. This is true. This I would true. I would love to have a gun guitar. You know, I'm not a gun guy. And, you know, I know this is Reddit or soy or nerdy or whatever, but I would I would pay top dollar for a gun guitar. It would sound like shit. I imagine <laughs> it would have like a very poor resonance. Every time you fire, it just goes straight out of tune. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pegs are too hot to like retune it. You got to wait like five minutes. Yeah. Very impractical, but very cool at the same time. It's like a it's like a Chrysler or a Plymouth Prowler. Remember that car? 
No, no I don't remember that. What was the Plymouth? Describe the Plymouth Prowler. Look up, look up a Plymouth Prowler. This was like a '90s sports car that Plymouth former uh, part or former brand under Chrysler made. It looks like a wedge. It looks this like an old hot rod. Rules. This, this I mean, it does. Awesome. <laughs> it is, does. This is. I have the exact type of poor taste that would that would totally go for this car. I'm like Bart Simpson at the end of the uh, uh, Homer, uh, the end of the episode where Homer designs the car, where he says, I thought your car yes. was pretty cool, Dad. Yes. I think this car is for this lame ass car is pretty cool. It's super dangerous, if I remember correctly. But if you're listening, you're like, if you ever had Hot Wheels as a kid, this was like prime late 90s Hot Wheels toy. I just saw one. Which is why it's on my mind. I don't know how they're still out and about. <laughs> the Plymouth Prowler community is big. <laughs> yeah, we in the thing. Plymouth Prowler community. You know, it's it's this car. It was sort of uh, it was sort of misunderstood when it came out. We saw the beauty of it. You know, it's shaped like a wedge. It's shaped like a doorstop, and that reminds me of usefulness. And. <laughs> It wedges its way right into your heart. That's what we say here in the Prowler, the Prowler community. We're wedgies. We're yeah. wedgies in the Prowler community. Yeah, we're proud wedgies. We go on Facebook, on the wedgie Facebook groups, and we make our Prowler memes. We make our memes about, you know, I, I would prowl you. You know, that's one of them. And it's in big, you know, it's in big impact font, you know, how memes are or how memes used to be, you know, back in the good old days, you know. Oh, the, good, the good old days, indeed. I guarantee that community's out there. I guarantee there's some the good Plymouth, Plymouth Prowler, Prowler memes. I'm, Pl I'm looking it up. Plymouth Prowler community. I'm looking up. Uh, here we go. Facebook Plymouth show. Prowler enthusiasts. Yes. Yes. That's yes. <laughs> uh, a bunch of people uh, talking about Prowler maintenance. <laughs> uh, I I uh, I looked up Plymouth Prowler memes. And I'm seeing one that it's side by side with the PT Cruiser, another Chrysler product. And it yeah. says coincidence. I think not. Uh, the PT Cruiser is like a much uglier car than the Prowler. I, oh, I would I would 100 percent go for the Plymouth Prowler over the PT Cruiser any day. I'm down to Prowl for sure. Last one, there's one of them car bras that you have on like the front of a car or whatever to uh, for protect it i don't really know what those are for mm -hmm. but it's just on the little skinny wedge part and it says just the tip <laughs> good stuff good stuff coming out of the prowler community alex great, oh my god the prowler community is making just the tip jokes they're like archer they, they love lovely archer jokes from the Lana, first season of archer a show which is still on by the way and seems like it shouldn't be yeah i didn't <laughs> Has it been unbroken or did it take time off and come back or something? I think, it, I think it might be taking time between seasons, but it's just like one of those shows that you take for granted is still on. Just That's like, amazing. did you know they kept making Squidbillies up until 2022? No, holy shit. Oh, yeah. I watched that. And Squidbillies was, the, but it's like the funniest fucking thing, though. So um, the lead guy in Squidbillies said a bunch of stuff critical of BLM. So they fired him. In the oh, last no. season, it's Tracy Morgan as the voice what? of that character. <laughs> and I haven't seen any clips from the Tracy Morgan season, but just, that's funny by Holy itself. Shit. I think no, no kidding. I watched that in, in college in like, I don't know, early 2010s. Yeah. 
would never archer it's like yeah okay that's it's got a pretty good mass appeal it makes sense that it would be on for a long time i don't see squid billies as like a household oh old reliable squid billies and yeah, the we keep getting the good people keep buying the squid billies merch they keep <laughs> they keep buying the squid billies hats it's got a loud and vocal fan base. It's like the Arliss of cartoon of Adult Swim. It's just for some reason, even though it has no universal appeal at all, there's a small vocal squid Squidbillies contingent. They're like the Fireflies brown coats, except I guess they'd be called the Squidheads or something like that. Big overlap between the Squidbillies fandom and the Chrysler Prowler Facebook community, by the way. <laughs> yeah, huge overlap. Of- Seeing a lot of uh, of Squidbillies memes on this Plymouth Prowlers page, uh, it is just it is just bizarre to see people. <laughs> Here's a Plymouth Prowler with lighted grill and undercarriage lighting from Danny Ross. And this Prowler looks great. This is so fucking cool. It's got 43 <laughs> likes. Dan Carter says, "Looks awesome." What system did you go with? Dale Hayden says, "Very nice." Um, Roscoe P. Coltrane <laughs> says, I'm six foot three. I had a Viper and fit snug in it with no issues. Anyone uh, my height drive a Prowler? So this is for the tall Prowler heads, you know, they're, they want to get big into audience. Prowlers. Yeah. Big overlap, tall Squid Billy fan Prowler heads. <laughs> I've got the perfect meme we could like take over that community with. Get this. It's a Plymouth Prowler, but instead of the fabric uh, top raise, it raises up a hat that says Booty Hunter on it. Can you imagine? <laughs> we go feral for that shit. That would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> you need also, you need a, I think there would be one where you just have like it's covered entirely in bumper stickers. Uh, it's it's uh, Romney uh, Romney Ryan bump, bumper stickers. I think that would be one. Everyone likes inconsequential defunct political campaigns. That's like one of the favorite, sort of the favorite kooky things that people have been doing since the nineties. Like Dukakis, like having a Dukakis oh, button. Oh yeah, give me a fucking Ron Paul sticker. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand nine Ron Paul revolution stickers. Let's fucking go. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Here's here's a post on the Prowler page. Ron Snyder. I was wondering who has the lowest mileage Prowler. Mine has 3,100 on it. Damn. That's low mileage. It's a 2001. At least I think that's like the first year of it. Damn. This guy's just like got it in his garage. It's like a once a year thing for him. He goes out on the prowl. He calls it going on the prowl. His wife knows not to bother him the day he's going on the prowl. Yeah, yeah. You just feel like you feel so much more powerful than your prowler. You know, you feel like uh, it is. It, I guess it is vaguely phallic. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Maybe not. It's maybe got, it's got it. It has a little bit of a head to it. Yeah, maybe I just see dicks and everything. But it sort of reminds me of that Family Guy joke where uh, Peter gets penis envy of, of Chris, and then he buys the really long penis-like car to compensate. And that and that car was a Plymouth Prowler. Yeah, car. That and that's all the material I have on the Plymouth Prowler. That's <laughs> all I came prepared with. Is it a car that has become synonymous? The, the, the car that is most synonymous fa- with failure has to be the Aztec, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like that one's gotten some love sense, though. Like, I know there's kind of 
PT Cruiser came around a little bit to people uh, not <laughs> entirely so hating on the way that they used to. Mm -hmm. The Aztec like came with like a like an optional tent or something you could set up out the back. I watched a whole video on this at some point because that was my old uh, fixation: cars uh, before planes and now paleontology. Because I am a five-year-old. You are a five-year. Yeah, you're just living out your five-year-old dreams. Those into cars. I was never what were my interests as a kid I was I was just reading fucking I was New Yorker cartoons as a kid it was what the stupid fuck? yeah I, I don't know that's how you know I'm fucking I'm, I'm not I'm not like you I have cartoons on the mind I was <laughs> Nah. <laughs> I'm not like the other kids. You're playing your Super Nintendo. I'm submitting for the caption contest. Yeah, I love the caption contest. Never got one in. No. Damn. Uh, I, no, I, I wasn't just New Yorker cartoons. It was all the cartoons. That's pretty much, that was my fixation as a child. It was not dinos. Did you have a dino fixation as a child? I did. And it went away forever. And then at the beginning, of the, I'm, I'm very sincere about this. I, I love paleontology and natural history. Yeah. At the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I got Animal Crossing, like so many people. <laughs> and one of the things you can do in that game is dig up the fossils yeah. and you go in the museum and you build out the museum. And I had to look up like what all those critters were that I was digging up. And then I was like, wait a second this stuff is really cool. I forgot how, how neat it is. And there's mm -hmm. like so fucking much that's been around. And then I'm going to museums. I've had a couple like YouTubers on the, on the bonus show for our show who, uh, who do, there's like a surprising, surprisingly big natural history community on YouTube and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Also a lot of overlap with the trans community. Very sure. fucking cool group of people. And uh, I don't know. It, it has the trope of being like a five-year-old thing, but I, I could talk your ear off about it. I'm oh, no, I, but all, it turns out some of like the, I mean, think about geometry people. Think about people that get their PhDs in geometry. They're into shapes, you know? That's true. That's true. We're fucking way cooler than them. I'm into fucking <laughs> cartoons. I've, I've made a, I've posted a Steven Universe comic today. I'm 33. I shouldn't be talking about Steven Universe. What am I doing? One. It's all right. It's all right. It, it's... <laughs> The it was popping off, people, people, were, people, yeah, people were loving it. Yeah, I, I could talk about Steven Universe. I, I think it's funny that there is that criticism of Steven Universe that he's a fascist excuser. That's like oh, what, what? I've never seen the show. <laughs> I only I only know like the the oh Cowlart's bean mouth. The bean mouth. Say. Bean I've, mouth. Bull. I've, I've heard there's like good gender representation in it, but I I don't know anything else. It's fine. It's like it's it's a. I liked it a lot. I watched it. It has good animation. There's some there are some genuinely great jokes in it that I uh, laugh nice. at. Uh, I like how it's composed. I like how it's colored. I like how uh, the music is is great in it. Uh, it has a really good arc. It's a Jesus arc. It's about a little child Jesus uh, who is dies for our sins and then he comes back. You know, wait, the they kill Stephen? Yeah, metaphorically, as uh, spoilers for Stephen Universe, <laughs> he is oh, metaphorically killed uh, in the show. Not not really. You don't see like a knife go through him, but yeah. um, his mother, who is also God, um, who is like this space rock, this giant space rock oh. uh, who, who like projects a gigantic holographic image of this sort of terrifying 
queen-like matriarch purges the humanity from him because Stephen is he's he's half human half gem you see he's oh. half, and his dad is tom sharpling from the best show which is uh, also how you know that you know okay rebecca sugar she's real head she knows she gets it she's real <laughs> um and uh but yeah it, so the show as many as many media properties do uses uh fascist imagery because the 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 thrust of the show there's steven he protects the earth against the the evil gems uh, they're for gems from outer space who want to subjugate the entire galaxy and but he is one of them he's half gem himself uh he's made in the gem's own image his, yes his he was made exactly son. yeah yeah i see um it, it is Jesus. It, it, it is absolutely Jesus over and over again. It's, but that's every story, you know, that's every story from the West. Um, and uh, so they use fascist, sort of pseudo-fascist bureaucratic imagery for the gem world. But it's sort of like, in my view, it's unfair to call them fascists because they're not fascists. They're gods. You know, they're Galactus. The show is how, how do you reason with God? A god who would feel justified in, you know, uh, reshaping universes to fit their own image because they are this just untapped, uh, unchecked source of power that can't really be reined in by our human conceptions of morality. So I always thought that it was like, you know, go off on Steven Universe a little bit, just to go off, go on one of my patented Steven Universe <laughs> rants, right? <laughs> I could reason with God. I could talk her down. Um, yeah, but it is, I just, you know, find it funny about this little bright-eyed child confronting Hitler is like, what if you could reason with Hitler, maybe? <laughs> what did I think that's funny. Got to reason with Hitler. <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if you could reason with Hitler. The crossover everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Steven, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, we need more Hitler, Hitlers in media. It was good when Captain America did it. Captain America punched Hitler. Ooh, did you ever see Danger 5? Danger did 5? Show? No. Did they fight a Hitler in it? Every episode. It's an Australian uh, comedy show. I want to say like late 2000s, maybe early 2010s. Mm -hmm. That's like a spoof on old uh, like 60s British spy movies. Yeah. And in each one, they're, they're trying to kill Hitler. If you've ever seen, there's like a gif that was famous of Hitler running from all these people shooting him and he dives through a window and escapes all the episodes end like that. You would appreciate this. I, I I have no sense of like if it's a big thing or not, but there's two. Yeah, I know it's it was on Netflix. I know the show. It's uh I can't I never watched it myself. But uh you like that sort of uh revised seventies esque. You you were mentioning look around you. Yeah, oh okay, yeah, there is a common thread there. I guess I do like that old like aesthetic. Yeah. Um, the kind of I don't know, washed out kind of colors a little bit. Old like old educational film yeah, type stuff, stuff that was there. shot on film as well because danger five looks like it was shot on film right oh i'm ignorant about uh film stuff completely so i'm just like i think that looks cool but i couldn't tell you what it is yeah it probably is what it is but it has you know there's softer edges uh yeah. you know uh, to the to the look the colors are brighter the colors are more saturated and i, I think like that a lot also, is there like early synth music in it? Because there's like early synth music in the look around you. Uh, oh, yeah. The, I don't, I can't remember in this one. It's been some years since I've seen it, and I hope it's not like horrifically problematic. It's and probably, it's fine, you know. <laughs> it was very, uh, 
I, I, I watched the whole series a couple times. Then they do a second season where it's in the 80s. Yeah. 80s like action cyberpunk movies and of course Hitler is back and they Hitler's have to, back, yeah. they have to kill him again. He, uh, he blends into a oh, fuck he blends into a, a high school and pretends to be like a high school student. <laughs> Johnny Hitler. Stupid. They're probably it's very easy to go to Hitler as like a punchline because it's uh, sure. Since the producers, you know, there's been actually, you know, since World War II began, it's always you got to mock Hitler, you know, you got to display him as a fool, you know, and that, you know, in in Mel Brooks's view, that sort of humor was uh, a positive, a political act because it removes their power as being any sort of uh, threat. Or is being not not that it's not that they're not a threat. It's that they shouldn't be taken seriously. Right. It's, it's then, that they shouldn't have any sort of uh, ego or like uh, yeah. cults associated with them because they are foolish and should not be offered any sort of uh, cognizance. Right. But now you're like, are some of these fucking stupid fash kids who like jump on that bandwagon, did that make them think like, oh, actually, that wasn't a big deal. Actually, this dude's just kind of a character. And so you don't grasp the you know, weight of a dude who genocided a whole fucking yeah. race. That shit sucks. Are they Jojo rabbiting? This was, are they turning Hitler into a knife? That's a movie. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I could do it. I think, I think we talked about it in our episode with Esther. Uh, Jojo rabbit is a, I think I remember this. A strange, <laughs> it's a strange movie. Uh, I should watch it again. Maybe, maybe I, my, it, opinion of it will improve the second time but let's not get into it let's there's some there's some discourse it's not really discourse uh but uh earlier this week on twitter people started collectively remembering hey remember rupee core rupee core is in the news rupee core is in the news in the twitter <laughs> I, th- I think uh Kayvon, still oppressed uh uh did his did his thing uh he was the one that started off the rupee core because he, he posted the video of the honey the, the honey dipping yes. fingers. <laughs> honey dipping fingers. Yeah, the honey dipping exactly. fingers. Exactly. Where she talks about <laughs> pussy honey. And, you know, we have this, um, you know, and it's comedy gold for her for a lot of reasons. But the fact that she's very serious about it, you know, when, when you take something very serious, when you're talking about pussy honey very seriously, it's just, you know. Um, it's goofy. Yeah, it's it is goofy. goofy. But I, you know, I, I don't know why, but I have this sort of uh, uh, contrarian instinct to defend her in some way. Sure. As do you, you were you were mentioning your contrarian instinct to defend Rupert. We're talking before. I just, it's just such an easy target. I didn't know a whole lot about her other than like those poems are all over fucking Instagram when I was in college or whatever. Yeah. And I was, I, I thought she was like. 40 something for I because I don't know fucking anything I assumed she was like this long established poet but she like got big on Instagram blew up I feel like she was like 18 or something when all this was happening maybe younger stuff all over the place and like we were talking before the show too poetry is not like a a big thing we were struggling to name another poet who's still alive yeah it's weird that I can name one yeah (laughs) But so she gets thrust into the spotlight as like a young person trying to sincerely express herself in an artistic medium. That's a really vulnerable and difficult thing to do. And because it becomes like such an Instagram meme thing and it's everywhere. And like, yeah, the reading on that video is goofy as fuck. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. 
of course people are going to dog pile on to her because like yeah it is fucking it is fucking goofy shit but it doesn't make her a bad person and it doesn't make it all like bad you know maybe she's you know a little hack in some ways is something i've heard people reference to her but like again she didn't fucking ask to be a famous poet she was just trying to fucking you know figure stuff out as a as a late teenager i don't know i I just i can't like i can laugh at somebody like that a little bit but i can't like hate on somebody no well i'm just as cringe as this i can't i can't this is uh, I'm, i'm equally you know have I ever been as as openly vulnerable in sort of a, a silly or maybe somewhat trite way? For sure. That's like if you produce any art at all, you're going to do that eventually. If you like put yourself out there at all, if you if you try and evoke some sort of vulnerability, you're going to do it in maybe a cliched or sort of a, a, what some would view as a simplistic way. But you know, I think that's part of what people hate about it is there is like a simplicity to it. The thing that I, I think makes it resonate with so much people is that, you know, you, it's not like soul rending shit. You know, you're not sure. reading it and, you know, it's like, oh, the harrowing of my the harrowing of my insides, you know, that's, <laughs> but, um, I think, you know, and I, we could talk about the sort of like mental health affirmation culture around it too, because like what a lot of the poems resemble to are sort of mental health affirmations, like, right. don't worry, like here's, I'm reading one now and it comes with the illustrations and the, the illustration is a, a female like figure with sort of n- naughty, natural hair with like leaves and birds in it and shit who's hugging herself and uh the poem reads and here you are living despite it all rupee core and that's the dish for for rupee core yeah yeah and again like is is that the most groundbreaking thing of all time no but like that's a thing that people feel life is is difficult and like i don't know you should give yourself credit for for keeping on it just it lands in like that that the difference between sincerity and reaching like saccharin can be very difficult to thread Mm -hmm. but again i just I, i think it's better to try than not to try you know we were talking about this before and i don't know we can get into this topic like after two the other thing we're going to talk about but something I've been working on recently is like allowing myself to write and make music and, and perform. Uh, Cause I, I did stand up years ago and I quit mm-hmm. when we started the show because the vulnerability of being on stage scared the shit out of me. And I get so anxious about it. Mm-hmm. And I quit music for a similar reason of, I don't want to look stupid. I struggled to show stuff I made to anybody because I, it's it's scary being vulnerable and putting yourself out there for like this kind of reason because it's yeah. easy to come across as you know trite or whatever when you're or starting hokey, out. Yeah. right and the same thing with writing like i've thought i hated writing for years because i would hyper fixate trying to write something and be like this sounds like shit and get frustrated and quit and i've been finding a lot of like healing of for my own fucking mental health and trauma stuff recently for like letting myself do that finally mm-hmm. and so I think it's infinite. I think the whole kind of culture of shitting on people for being a little corny sucks. I think that like stops a lot of people for from expressing themselves. And that's really rough. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, I feel like because I've been shat on for being corny, I get to do it to other people. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, you all experience this. You're you're all in the pit. You're all savages. Um, but here's here's one that I don't know. This is a uh, <laughs> this one is very funny. If we're talking about Corey's, and it's one that people often post in relation to a rupee core is not so good. Um, uh, it's a it's a drawing of a pair of AirPods, and the poem reads: Do AirPods not have wires because we are scared of connection? Is this a real one? <laughs> I don't know. It seems oh my like god. it could be fake because it's oh very. Oh my silly. god! It's very silly. <laughs> I'm, see, I'm seeing this too. Good lord! That's very funny. Um, <laughs> um, but I I think you should it should. I don't think this is necessarily terrible. I think there's a lot of people that respond to this. It's not really for me. I think there's a lot of people sure. that, okay, let's analyze what is in this poem. She's fundamentally, she refers to a piece of technology and she's referring how the advancement of technology uh, distances us from one another. And that's true. That's it's like, this is stuff that you could say in a much more serious tone of voice. You could say it than like, uh, oh, like the, the telescoping nature of uh, our, our technological progress has, you know, uh, atomized us into uh, pods of people that are only uh, concerned with our self-interest. But, you know, th this thing that you can uh, you, you can use a lot of <laughs> Marxist language to to sort of justify she's expressing it as well here just in a way that you think is you know not, not as not as pithy not as deep but it certainly communicates to a lot of people i'm sure there's a lot of people that uh share this on facebook broadly agree with it is that bad are they so bad do it why do we hate people for liking yeah. supposedly bad art i think that's the other thing that I really had to reevaluate, like, because in my 20s, I would, like, fucking hate people for having bad taste, you know? Oh, it's big Sam. Yeah, like, in, in a way that's completely irrational. <laughs> that's like, no, why do you hate people for their musical taste? It doesn't, has no yeah. bearing on their character. Why are you <laughs> putting your energy thing? and thought into this thing that, that brings you nothing except for a vague feeling of superiority? Yeah. I'm scrolling through these and, like, Okay, yeah, there's a... Uh, Most of uh, them aren't as bad as the AirPods one either, you know? <laughs> that one is not so good. If um, you are not enough... Okay, this is like a, a yin-yang kind of, of two women's faces and the hair is like circling them into the shape. If you are not enough for yourself, you will never be enough for someone else. Ruby Core. Sure. I think it's because the, it becomes popular because like... Well, yes, and that's something that like everybody kind of yeah, it's, it's relatable. It's, it's goddamn all. relatable. Yeah, it's, it's meant for a universal can, audience. Yeah, that you can. Uh, uh, it's gonna like everybody's got some connection to this stuff with how kind of simplistic and 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 vague it is. Am I saying that word right? Do I say vague weird? No, vague, vague. vague is vague. Okay. vague. <laughs> Vag. Um, well, talk, speaking about Vag, the thing that I love most about Rupi Core is that she's also she gets a little sexy sometimes. Oh, she gets yes, a little she does. This one fucking rules. This is like something that that I would write. <laughs> this is like the drawer. I I I don't know if it's like this. Doesn't seem like it's fake. This seems real. The drawing is a pair of ice cubes melting. Um, this is a rare Rupi Core because it has a title. And the title is situated at the bottom. So it reads, it was as though someone had slid ice cubes 
down the back of my shirt. The orgasm, rupee coin. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's written like a joke, though. That's like a, written like that has the, the format of a joke, <laughs> which is ice cubes down the back of my shirt. The aristocrats. Yeah. <laughs> Then the mom was sliding ice cubes down the back of the shirt of the son. <laughs> she was putting her pussy in the honey. <laughs> Taking her honey from the pussy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. fuck. I I love I, I love the when when she gets sexual and she uses like gr- gross sexual imagery that that shit is like I mean that's my bread and butter you know that's what I made my my Absolutely. Twitter presence off of was just being sort of gross and base and sex jokes and I love that shit you know I, I yeah I mean that's me and Audrey's show to an extent talking about sex stuff with you know with the questions we get and kink stuff of course there's all kind of goofy shit to to make jokes of it's uh. It's a it's a fertile ground for goofy ass riffs when you're talking about these things. There's so many fucking of these poems, man. I'm looking through this too, and like one I popped up was like, oh, it's a it's a parody version. And so now I feel like I'm playing real or fake with these poems. Yeah, yeah. I can't which are the real rupee cores? And which one is merely an imposter? Yeah. Here's one where a hand is dipping into a jar, but it's not, it's, it's the, not the pussy. It's, it's not the pussy. Not the pussy uh, uh, you treat them as if they have a heart like yours, but not everyone can be as soft and as tender as you. You don't see the person they see. You see the person they have the potential to be. You give and give till they have taken everything out of you and leave you empty. That's a, that's a, sure. That's not so bad. Yeah, there's just easy because, you know, there's not, she's not using words like uh, uh, fusillanimous. (laughs) I don't know if that makes good poetry or what. That's not even a particularly poetic word. I don't don't know what that one is. I'm going to be honest. I think it's designed to be easy to understand. I don't, there, there's one which is very, this one's attributed to her. Um, which is very funny coming from her because she is very popular. So this poem goes, your art is not about how many people like your work. Your art is about if your heart likes your work, if your soul likes your work. It's about how honest you are with yourself and you must never trade honesty for relatability. Oh, that's great. That's great, Rupi <laughs> Your honesty is, is beloved by millions. <laughs> Sometimes it all works out for you then. <laughs> Get a load of of this one. Uh, So there's a picture of like a, maybe like a brontosaurus, like some kind of long necked, uh, you know, old critter. Uh, Open, open the door, get on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. (laughs) Rupee core. I don't, I don't think that's her. I think that might be one of of those knockoff I'm just, I'm just referencing like a 20 year old meme there. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I love 20 year old memes. See, that's how, that's how dumb my sense of humor is, which is why I cannot fault Rupee Core for anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, the universe took its time on you, crafted you precisely. So you can offer the world something distinct from everyone else. So when in doubt, so wait, so when you doubt how you were created, you doubt an energy greater than us both. 
ruby core and there's a there's a little plant growing there's a little plant growing sure it's about you a pattern that i notice with this stuff and with sort of mental health affirmations culture in general and something that you know i've been guilty of doing in the past is sort of situating your mental health only in relation to your own identity you know sure. only in relation to your sense of self you know and i think you know that's sort of where your mental health journey begins, especially if you're like suicidal, if you think you're a piece of shit, if you think you're ugly or like unspecial or something like that. The first step of like trying to feel better about yourself is always, oh, I'm not so bad. You know, that's half the right. reason I have a like, why therapy, I think, you know, for, for uh, all the debate around it, I think has been useful for me in just having like a third person voice who's like, you know, you're not so bad, right? <laughs> you know, sure. I, I think that's useful. Um, well, yeah, you, you got to have that starting place to take care of yourself, to have mm -hmm. the energy and motivation to, to take care of yourself. But yeah, there can be just that. It's, a, it's another one of those, like, what's the, the distinction, like the, the gray area between sincerity and stuff being kind of saccharine and, and trite yeah. with a lot of this kind of stuff is like, I don't know, I guess when... I guess that's when you, uh, when that's a thing that's used to just kind of explain everything away and not yeah. investigate further and just like, oh, I, j I just needed to love myself. Like, actually, all the things I am doing are, are good. Yeah, I, I just have been being mean to myself or whatever. And there's like situations where maybe that's true, but there's plenty of situations where like part of the reason our mental health's bad or whatever is because we're doing stupid shit. We're, we're not doing things well or we're treating yeah. people badly or whatever. And how do you thread that needle of self-awareness, but also having compassion for, for yourself? Self-compassion versus like self-criticality. There's like another like balance that you got to mm -hmm. find there. Yeah, because like, haters going to hate. Yeah, up to a point, you know, sometimes the haters right. are correct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And just imagine Hitler, you know, going through Paris saying, hate is going to hate. Hate is going to, you know, maybe right. sometimes you should listen to criticism. Maybe Hitler should listen to reason. <laughs> so, so maybe Hitler should listen. To maybe Hitler should reason. have listened to goddamn <laughs> reason. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I think part of maybe the criticism of Ruby Core is it does have this very modern version of sort of this... Um, self-absorbed mental health affirmation stuff yes. um which i think is you know but you need that up to a point like you said there there, there there's like a, once you get to the point where you're like i don't want to kill myself for being such a piece of shit anymore then there needs to be something after which is that's where community comes in that's where like being parts of groups of other people and helping each other you know exchanging information sure. and, you know uh, finding yourself situated within um a, a working network of people that care about each other that's that's the step after and which is hard to do because that uh, involves a lot of giving up on your own ego you know becoming egoless where it was about you know building up your ego before now it's about you know, taking some of it away which i think you know, and that's why it's hard for us to get over that step. It's like the AirPods. It's like the goddamn AirPods. <laughs> I think uh, technology also uh, encourages us to uh, uh, sort of be happy with just self-adulation as our way of, of right. getting our, our social 
necessity, our social mental health necessities in, which is uh, uh, definitely not the way that you should be doing. For sure. I mean, I think there's another layer here too, which is like, you know, the the very trite, like corporate co-opting of a lot of this stuff, mm -hmm. like wellness initiatives and, and businesses that are like, ultimately you're just trying to do anything to make people feel better and be a better worker without giving them more money mm -hmm. you know and so it's always going to be wrapped in a lot of this trite shit because even if there's truth to it it's not addressing like the the actual materialist pro problem like behind this entire situation and you know i think that's like a lot of elements of of culture where when stuff become when when things become co-opted like that and then they're everywhere all of the time and everybody's like this is a bunch of fucking bullshit it starts grading on you yeah. then we look back on something like that you know her palms and it's like this reads like something that would be up you know printed out on the on the fucking bulletin board in like a shitty cubicle office yeah you feel what i'm saying yeah there is a i think sort of the generic quality which makes them so popular also uh, means that it can be used against its own meaning right because it, it is so vague uh, so vague uh vague. <laughs> vague. uh because it is vague uh yeah it can be used to just like say uh, anything really you can you can use it to to mean anything you can right. uh, use it for any situation pussies are like honey yeah I, well that one has way more specificity which i like that one i think it's a much more yeah. successful poem because you couldn't use that i couldn't you couldn't use the pussy honey poem in like a an office situation that's you true. couldn't this is <laughs> The, the 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 office coffee pot you reached your hand into you're drinking too much coffee you're mm -hmm. putting your hands in the pot i can't think of a good crossover there <laughs> listener complete the joke for when, yourself when you're when you're going when you're kneeling down to suck the water cooler like so many pillars <laughs> of uh -huh of water I don't, I don't know she never had a cock sucking <laughs> poem in there. i've never i've never heard her describe a cock in one of her poems i don't think she's really about describing cacks i don't think so either i'm not, certainly not seeing anything as i scroll through these i should have set up a real or fake game to hit you with because there are some there are some fun parodies in here i tell you what <laughs> what something i i notice about the rupee core foam format is uh it's very reminiscent of Shel Silverstein. Yeah, actually, even the illustration style, like the one, I think it's all one line for these drawings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think there's something to that in that um, people talk about the, the arrested development of our generation. You know, sure. we're we're all we're all children well into our goddamn 30s, right? Oh, and, a bunch of Jobs out here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a bunch uh, of damn Buster Bluths out here. Okay. Yeah, we're all fail children. You know, a whole generation of fail children. Uh, and uh, so now we're reading poems. We're reading like little poems that are essentially meant for children or formatted and uh, worded like they are for children um, that need to regress. Uh, did, you, did you know after 9-11, Food Network got really popular? No. Yeah, Food Network got really like Food Network saw market increased ratings after 9-11 because it was apolitical and comforting. I feel this. It's hard to hard to 
you know, think about 2,000 people dying on that dark day for America when you're watching What's Your Face buttering up some delicious chicken thighs and <laughs> putting yeah. some seasoning on and, and oh we're taking it we've already got one in the oven it's ready to go things are actually very good i know yeah i can't possibly think about those planes hitting those towers when i i hear alton brown's voice and i hear him explain how to do sous vide and the history of sous vide and it's just so boring it's just terrible <laughs> <laughs> He's like uh, a big libertarian piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, he's, he's a, a weird bummer. Republican. Oh, <laughs> it's that. funny that he's a Republican. Very strange. He voted. He voted uh, Hillary, though. <laughs> it's just funny. Well, in that case, you made a big show of it. A revolutionary. He was with her. For... <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I I think you know for all this shit we're talking about these Rupi Kaur poems, I don't think there's anything like. There's nothing which like brings out the real bile in me. Like I don't have a strong reaction of yeah. hatred to them. It's like I was like, I see who this is for. It's not for me, but I think you know some people probably get a lot out of this. Um, I think, and the fact that some people get a lot out of it uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's terrible. People will use something's popularity as an example of its terribleness as well. Right. But, you know, may maybe there is something about it that has value that, and that's the reason why it is speaking to people, um, still criticize, you know, every, no one should be free from merciless criticism and, uh, humor, but you know, it's not so bad, you know, it's not the worst thing on earth. You know, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. What is the yeah. worst poetry you've ever because I used to go to poetry open mics, and sometimes people would go oh, with like shit. really sexually aggressive poetry, oh, but hell like yeah. like dude bro poetry, where it's like I am I am Hemingway's when I when I <laughs> put your heels behind your head, fuck you, <laughs> you know, like, reading it in a very intense way. Your like, pussy oh, is like a jar of honey. And <laughs> my penis yeah. In it. <laughs> yeah, very sexually aggressive. Good mask, Lord. mask, rupee core. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to one of them open mics. I, I, I've only been to like comedy ones. I didn't consider that, that there's like, I could definitely see some fucking horny dudes. That's just like a, a, a light to moths for them. Yeah. Go in here and read my weird, poorly thought out erotica. <laughs> Hell yeah. I've been writing a little bit of poetry recently because I'm going through a whole lot of bad shit. And as part of this exercise of just trying to let myself get stuff onto a page, and uh, I will say, like, a particularly harrowing thing to show to anybody because you're like, oh, no, I'm writing poetry. I'm that guy. Yeah. This can't, like, <laughs> I don't know. It makes me, like, I'm trying to work through this again and just be like, this is an avenue to get things down, and it, it seems to be good for me. I'm doing this when I'm in a bad place instead of chain smoking a pack of cigarettes and, like, the bad shit that I used to do. Uh, but there's definitely a part where it's like... <sighs> There's a little bit of that self-crit of that, like, yeah, don't be a fucking corny motherfucker instinct that is good. But yeah. how do you thread that needle? Because I don't know. It's helping you me work it, through some stuff. You have to not. It's the same thing with dating. Don't be afraid of failure. If you're afraid yeah. of failure, you're already starting from a losing position. Because sure. it's like you're going to think, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I'm not worthy of anyone's love. You know, right, it's like. Right. Who wants to date that person? No, you have to first be, okay, I'm probably worthy of love. 
And you know, it's the same thing with your art. You have to be, you have to get over that initial. Oh, this sucks. I suck. Oh, like, oh <laughs> yeah. Just think about you. Have that image in your head of like, I suck. Do you really want to be that guy? Oh, definitely not. And I'm not like that. I have, I have like at least showed this to a few, few people, and I've gotten some like positive feedback on some of the stuff I've written. But uh, in the back of my mind, I'm always like. There's a little bit of that. I'm fighting that off a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to be trying to be better about being because we're vulnerable as fuck on the show. I don't know. I talk extremely candidly about kink and sexual experiences, and like my gender identity and shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that I don't know. I've always had no trouble with that. But something something about the idea of like I'm making something more abstract from these intense feelings. Yeah. That's what I'm fine talking about my feelings very candidly. But something about I've made this thing from these intense feelings is like these. I don't know. These feelings are heavy and difficult. What if the thing I make to express them sucks? And I feel <laughs> yeah. On top of them sucking. Horrifying thing to think about. But I'm trying but to push through it. Sometimes when you make a thing that sucks too, it really turns out to be great. Like uh, the the example is the Shags philosophy of the world, where you know they were put. You ever hear of the Shags? You know about the Shags? They're great. The Shags. They were. Uh, oh, the Shags. The Shags. Uh, they had an insane, uh, basically abusive father who had like this vision, and he he all of his daughters, none of which could play music, he set them up in a rock band. Wait, I think I do know. And they composed like what a lot of people term outsider music, but it's that which is a little condescending to them. But they because you know they were off rhythm. I do know this. I do yes, know this. The Shags are great. I love the Shags. Um their music is totally idiosyncratic. It was dubbed as being bad, but like there's really no other person who could make that type of music. You right. know, and, and even like you listen to it years later, the lyrics are cool. They were just these teenagers just writing anything because their dad was forcing them to. And they ended up coming up with some really cool shit, which is uh, sort of a, a very interesting thing to have happened. You know, I, I, you know, obviously the story with the dad is, is complex. It's like, yeah. it's not a fully happy story and you can't right. contextualize it as such, but it ended up producing something that, you know, I, I've seen people try and score it. People who are like uh, composers uh, try and there because there are complex polyrhythms in it. They accidentally happen upon <laughs> complex polyrhythms because uh, their practiced amateurishness ended up being just as compelling as uh, as someone who was a professional, um, at least, you know, reevaluated through such lens. So, you know, that could also end up happening is uh, you create, I guess, you know, the the most terrifying thing is that you create something and then just nobody pays attention to it because it's not worthy of attention. You know, that's that sort true. of thing. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. I guess, and, and I guess that's another thing that I've been thinking about is like, you know, not only myself, but how many other people out there could not only like benefit from getting stuff out, but maybe have something particularly unique to say that are, you know, stopped from doing that and feel self-conscious or whatever, because it's different than whatever, like the mainstream kind of successful thing is the thing that good is supposed to be. Yeah. And that's a bummer. I mean, I guess that's kind of like the, you know, a similar, a similar thought to the, like, you know, the next Einstein 
could be yeah. dead as a child from malnutrition or whatever somebody yeah. and you know some life path that's just been fucked over by their circumstances and i don't know we're a very sincere show radio free tote bag i'm a very sincere person i guess just like that's the kind of thing that really gets to me i really hate to see people who are vulnerable then be fucked over and not be able to like reach fulfillment or whatever i think that's one of like the biggest tragedies there is mm-hmm. and stuff just makes me deeply deeply sad and uh so i don't fucking rupee core and like all of this stuff i think it's it's just better to err on the on the side of risking being corny yeah than it is to fucking never do anything because you know we'd have nothing but fucking I don't know Elvis music all of the time. <laughs> oh well, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> I could, I could. Well, you know, it. like the, there's one. Here's the rock song structure, and we're not yeah. deviating from this at all. Yeah. Anything other than this is bad, and you should feel goofy for for trying to go beyond it or whatever. I, I you describing Elvis world. Elvis world sounds great to me. Honestly, I, I think uh, think think of how much better every every One Direction song would have been. <laughs> they were all they Elvis. Song if they were all five Elvis. Elvises. Five Elvises. <laughs> uh, think of how much better Harry Styles' music would be if it Can was. Can you imagine? I think Hillary could have won the election if she was Elvis. Yeah, I mean, I Cher understood the power of being Elvis. Uh, I'm I'm 100 percent Cher is a documented Elvis fan. Huge Elvis fan, Cher is, and this I is. think her vocal style is is cribbed from Elvis. It's Elvisy for sure. Yeah. Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder, <laughs> you see You know Eddie Vedder. He just was grunge Elvis, and he did it. Now everyone in love. Nobody has a bad thing to say about Eddie Vedder. Wait, does that mean then that like I don't know Nickelback and Creed and stuff? Elvis, take me high. It's, it's all, all from Elvis. Elvis yeah. Holy shit. It's been Elvis this it's whole time. Elvis. We're already living in Elvis world. <laughs> it's already Elvis. World. Oh no! <laughs> That's what Baz Luhrmann understood, which is why that movie is excellent. Baz Luhrmann understands that we are permanently locked in the world of Elvis. Um, oh fuck! Oh, what if what if Alex was Elvis this whole time? Yeah, Elvis. My mama been making fun of me on the internet. Patreon.com slash house of decline. I'm just doing Eddie Vedder. <laughs> that's Eddie really Vedder. That's, that's <laughs> Can only do the derivative. <laughs> yeah, the derivative of I'm sure. Except Cher doesn't really talk like that. I'm sure, bitch. Gotta share talk. They try and cover up the Armenian genocide. Hank Uyghur, why are you? Why did you? Why are you called the Young Turks, bitch? <laughs> Highly critical of yourself calling yourselves the Young Turks. You know what happened in Armenia, bitch. But actually, that's like a whole. That's a whole thing I was reading about recently. That's some. I don't know if we can. I don't know if I can do a seamless transition. Armenian genocide from Elvis World. Casual reading on the Armenian genocide (laughs) recently. The whole Young Turks thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, The Young Turks controversy is very interesting. We could also cover that because that shit is is weird and funny. And you know what? It wouldn't have. It wouldn't. It, the name wouldn't be there if Sank was Elvis. Yeah, it would have been a different <laughs> yeah. name. It he wouldn't be like under the, so much heat right now about uh, protesting against the wokes, the wokies, if yeah. he had said all of it like Elvis. It if he had had some wiggling his hips a little bit. Wiggling his hips. I mean, that's what Hassan does. Hassan Elvises it up, and look, he never gets in trouble at all. <laughs> it's all coming together. 
Yeah. This is the new thing to like stop yourself from cancel culture getting you. You just gotta grease up your hair, shake, shake your hips around a little bit. I only know like two Elvis songs. I don't actually know much about it. You like minds. peanut butter or something? Yeah, you like peanut butter uh, and banana and bacon sandwiches. And he died on the toilet. I don't know how if that is true. Actually, I think that's apocryphal. I think that may be all right. Welcome maybe to Mythbusters. Trying to did Classic. Elvis die on the toilet? Get the Snopes.com article. Uh, the, this is the classic the house of decline segment Mythbusters. Yeah. Elvis yeah. Mythbusters. We're the first to invent it. No one has ever um, thought of this premise before. PBS says that he was sitting on the toilet. Oh my God. Okay, this is the first result when I Googled it from PBS.org. PBS.org. Yeah. Elvis was sitting on the toilet, straining very hard to have a bowel movement, a maneuver that put a great amount of pressure on his heart in aorta. Thus, he likely died of a massive heart attack and keeled over onto the floor. But Elvis was not suffering from garden variety constipation at the time of his death. Indeed, his medicine chest was filled with amber-colored white-topped vials of medications in doses no responsible doctor would have prescribed opiates and stuff. He was constipated because he was doped up and you can't shit when you're on like a bunch of Vicodin or whatever. Oh man, that's a that's a whole circuitous oh, route. It's just shit. like a house app, but house would have figured out Elvis's problem. He would have he would have been in there, you know. Michael Jackson Ooh, wouldn't have died if if house had been on house had been on <laughs> the house was the doctor. Yeah. Apparently no apparently it's real though. Apparently he did die. He was found face down on the floor of his bathroom. Myth confirmed, Alex. Oh my god. Myth oh confirmed. My, wait, he didn't die on the toilet. He died on the floor. <laughs> The oh, I think he died on the toilet and then he fell. Well, I guess okay. he probably was still alive when he hit the ground. But the, okay, well, that's... For all know, intents and purposes, the man was on the toilet okay. and it happened. Okay. Just confirmed. That's how I would like to go. That's sort of the safest... I love the being on the toilet. It's like, uh, I feel so secure. It's a nice place. Yeah. I get fun of my friends a lot, especially uh, in college because I take these big, long shits and you like turn... And the shower on so the room gets steamed up in the morning. You do like a little steam shit. Still do that sometimes. Yeah. Pro yeah. tip. Pro tip. Pro tip. Do a steam shit. Do a steam shit. It's a yeah. luxurious experience. That's what, yeah. Mark Twain on steam shits his entire life. You know? Oh, yeah. Going up and down riverboats on steam shit. <laughs> uh, great steam ship, steam shit pun for you that's the, that's a type of material that you only get here on the House of Decline we got jokes like that and we got the classic Mythbusters segment I got a mustache like the walrus looking dude from Mythbusters I'm Jamie so I'm Jamie yeah uh, apparently, Adam. apparently Adam and Jamie don't like each other in real life I heard that too learning that's that was such a blow that really is uh at least on Radio Free Tote Bag, you and Audrey are, are friends. Your friendship is genuine. No, behind the scenes, we like mail each other death threats and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like Joey and Johnny Ramone. <laughs> no, she's one of my best friends. It's a it's a good situation. Thank God. Can you imagine mm. doing a show like that frequently? And like it's you and a co-host. That kind of relationship and you hate the motherfucker. I, I a, think that it's such a compelling story when you're just trapped with someone. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get out of it. And you're beloved as a duo. Like, people don't want you to hate each other. You can't, like, be doing a live show and be sniping at each other or whatever. You're going to upset the fans who are, like, a bunch of kids, too, with mm -hmm. it being, like, that particular show. Yeah. Damn. That is I, compelling. 
Yeah, I wonder if like I wonder if there are any podcasts out now where the chemistry has gone south and, you know, they're all starting to get on each other's nerves and like you can you can hear it come out. I, I think it'd be funny if like the pod damn America per- people were all all sniping. No, I, I liberal. love all of them. No, <laughs> Anders turns out to be just a it's just an evil dude. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the image that goes or the Twitter circles meme? That I just like uh, commented on this the other day that gets tweeted out where it's Jeffrey Epstein and like all of the related people in the circle and there's yeah, like, Trump yeah. and the Clintons. And for some reason, Anders leave from pod damn America. They forgot to like edit that picture. And so it's down in the corner. <laughs> Well, you never know. New York. He was living in New York. You know, I'm sure we're all six degrees of separation away from Epstein. Uh, uh, I wonder, uh, geez, I, I wonder how, what my Epstein number is. I wonder yeah. how many degrees of separation I am. From I, I do know. I uh, I went to Ohio State and Les Wexner, Victoria's Secret motherfucker, <laughs> who bankrolled him. His name is all over the campus. Okay. And, uh, but I have you met Les Wexner? No. Okay. I do have a friend whose dad worked at Victoria's Secret Corporate who knew the dude. Yeah. And that's it. So I'm like, what is that? Three, three ticks off of Epstein? I probably, oh, a little peek behind the curtain. I've got a cousin who's in fucking Congress. I'm Through her, I'm probably closer because like there's tons of politicians who were fucking friended, friended up with that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm probably at three. You're probably at your Epstein number is three. I'm trying I think to so. yeah, say I was a child actor, so I think I can get there really? through actors. Yeah, I didn't know this. I, have I never told you this before? I, I suppose I, I, get, so. I reveal it every so often. Nobody has made a big deal about it or something. But um, you one played of the young Elvis. I played young Elvis. I did play. No, no, I never played young Elvis. I never played young anyone. Uh, oh. the, the role that is weirdest, though, was um, uh, I was on the show Arthur. Uh, oh what the fuck yeah i was on the show crowder yeah no i replaced him as the voice of the brain i was the guy that was the voice of that character directly after steven crowder are you fucking with i'm not fucking with you this is 100 percent true what the fuck how did i not know that that's insane it's something i don't it's like a weird fact but i don't want to like talk about my child acting that often because it would be weird to lean on it as some sort of interesting fact that's true why they replaced fucking I don't know creepy ass like adult Steven? They're like let's go for a kid instead. Was it because he's he's a fucking weird ass? And they were like we got to pick a kid who doesn't have bizarre baggage the way that he no, does. I'm sure Steven Universe uh, Steven Universe. I'm sure Steven Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> you know if Hitler had just talked to Steven, Steven Crowder, Steven goddamn Crowder, yeah, they would have they would have shared a cigar and had gay sex and mended their ways. Uh, <laughs> oh my god uh yeah uh fucking it, it's weird because that's how i uh that's how i sort of got into uh, just leftism in general because i i felt like i was bound by fate with stephen crowder to be the opposite yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to like to like uh okay so he's very closeted and i am i am an out gay person Okay, so he's very conservative. So it seems like my life is going in the direction where I'm very, very liberal or left wing or whatever. You're fucking, you're, you're quantum entangled with Stephen Crowder. Yeah, I would. Yeah, light he's, version. He is monetarily very successful, and I am not. <laughs> <laughs> 
damn. He's yeah. got a cool mug. You're fucking yeah. mugless over there. I'm Look mugless. I'm 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 Jew. I'm I'm a short little Jew. I'm a weasley little little Jewish guy, and he's some sort of Gentile. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Contemptible a, face. You don't have. You've got. A, you have a friendly face. He has a contemptible face. Yeah, he's got one of those punchable mugs. Yeah. But that's one mug that I'd like to. Hey. 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 That's a that's a mug I'd like to hold up in a meme format. His disembodied face. Yeah. Arr. Hollow out his skull and pour hot liquid. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee out of Steven Crowder's skull. Change his <laughs> change his mind. Wait, there's a mind thing because the, the skull's empty. Yeah, <laughs> I I changed his mind. I switched it with coffee. You, you know, it's funny because that is the big Steven Universe song. Is if you could change your mind, if you could change. Steven Crowder is the Steven Universe name. Your... I, hence, I am Steven Universe. No. <laughs> It's all coming together. All of my my schizophrenic associations are coming together. Uh, every every image that has cropped up in my life, he keeps coming up. The Steven Crowder fella. Yeah, man. Every time I come on the show, I love your decor in the background. All of those pictures with uh, strings pinned in between them. You're doing really got a good thing going with your room. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a lot of red yarn. I'm keeping the red yarn industry afloat. <laughs> yarn forward decor, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, that. yeah. Whatever happened to yarn, man? Whatever happened to, you know, we used to make things out of yarn, okay? We used to make things in this country. Now it's all chrome. What do cats have to fuck around with these days? Yeah, cats are just on their iPads now. You know, they don't even play with yarn anymore. They're playing with virtual yarn on their iPads technology you know it, maybe cats have airpods because they're afraid to connect you know yes yes uh there's a twinge of me right now that is unironically like damn i wish i had some yarn around there is something nice about a basket full of a bunch of different colored yarns like my mom i don't know crocheted and so that's always kind of around and yeah. now i'm like I should, I should get some, I'm 31, I should get some yarn. Get some yarn, have some yarn line about the house. It's a, it, What I would like is, it's very good tactily. It has a very good tactile sensation. You just want to put your hands into like a, a big big ball of yarn. Oh, have you ever have you ever wanted a tactile room where you have like a bunch of, a bunch of different things which have different touches associated? Like you have the sandpaper wall, but you also have like the, the cube wall, like the Griebling wall. Oh, I have like, but you have the rubber wall, you know, a ver various, I, if I were a rich person, I would have a tactile room, a room with many, many different tactile surfaces. I feel this for sure. And I, I think that probably means we're both on the spectrum somewhere. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm loving the, the concept here. Yeah. Uh, Is that the same wall? Oh, I had a whole thing with like, uh, as a kid, like touching a chalkboard would wig me the fuck out. Just like the texture of it. Yeah, oh. yeah it's no good. Oh. I, I silk. I cannot stand the, the feeling of silk. It is, it is like, it is terrible to me. It feels too like smooth acid. Yes, yeah, too smooth. And oh. if you run your fingernails on it, oh Jesus, 
Jesus, does it terrible. catch a little bit? Or it, what? It's, it makes like a zip sound, and there's oh, like yeah, an unpleasant that. V in it. It's, it's no good. I hate that a lot. We're, we're back to House of Decline talking about our favorite tactile sensation. <laughs> <laughs> back to tactile sensation. <laughs> we're asking a question we, we ask every week. What you been touching lately? Yeah, and yeah we criticize Rupi Core for being childlike, but what's our what are we into right now? <laughs> tactile sensations and dinos. Okay. And Steven Universe. <laughs> and Steven Universe. <laughs> We're children. We're goddamn children. <laughs> We're goddamn fucking children. Um, yeah, uh, that shit is. Uh, do you ever feel? Do you ever feel infantilized? You ever feel like you should be more of an adult by now? I guess. I don't know. For me, it's like, and then I remember I've had horrible traumatic experiences throughout my life, and it's kind of like the fact that I'm dysfunctional at all is kind of a miracle. So yeah. Kinda, you know, I think I'm doing okay. I think, yeah, that's one of the good men. Uh, this would be like a rupee core thing. Uh, think about the time you survived. Right. <laughs> that, there, that's my rupee corpo. <laughs> Isn't it good? It has like a, it has like a, a, a like a little person looking determined or something like that, or like a, a blade of grass growing out of concrete or something like that. One of your teachers was the most prolific pedophile in known history, and what? you keep your apartment clean. <laughs> what? That is a that is a fun fact. I don't know if we uh, if we want to get into this. Oh, but yeah, I mean, teachers of my... you're going to reveal that information. I also had a pedophile teacher at my school. Nothing oh, happened okay. to me though. Yeah, high five. Uh, unclear on me, and that's all I will say, because I think if I named this person, I mean, people could figure out where one of the high schools I went to by that information through the right deduction, but I don't know, man. Nobody's fucking going after me. But yeah, shit like that. And yet I have a, I, and yet I have a reasonably successful podcast, hold down a job and keep my apartment clean. I think mm -hmm. that says a lot. There you, yeah, there you go. Where's your rupee core poem? Where is my high school teacher was the most prolific pedophile, <laughs> but it has line breaks. And yet I remembered to do my taxes. <laughs> Don Lupe. I, I, the drawing would not be good for that one. I wouldn't, I don't know what the drawing Probably would not. be for that one. It would, be a, it would be a blade of grass growing out of a pedophile. <laughs> I mean, he I killed know. himself. That's that could be. He can grow. That's a good story. Yeah, happy ending. Yeah, every yeah. time a pedophile kills himself, an angel gets his wings. So true. <laughs> Sometimes I'll, I'll like bring that up, and I'm like, wait a second, that's like a really heavy topic. <laughs> yeah. That's an extremely heavy, heavy thing. Well, yeah, but uh, you should, you should, uh, you should do that. Have you ever done that at like parties that you're not enjoying? I don't know, because you seem much more sociable than I am. But sometimes I will just say a really like <laughs> a really rhythm breaking thing. <laughs> just drop something to see what happens. Yeah, see, see what goes on. See if I, I which guess is, yeah. sometimes. I mean, I get even fucking talking about that. And I've like lightly touched on that on the show. Part of me wants to talk about it more extensively on our show because I, I think it's important for people not to cover this shit up. And it's like it's a wild fucking story. Yeah. And there was some reporting on it when this all came out, but it's never really been out there. And like there's there's still some there's still some people out there who possibly enabled that shit that mm. I don't think have had any kind of justice coming. There's there's a part of me that has wanted to like I've I have 
bopped around like what if I did a, a show exploring that stuff but then I'm like I don't know if I want the mental weight of working on that because yeah. it is a really fucking heavy thing but it's important to talk about that kind of stuff because the silence around that sort of thing is is, is what enables it yeah um but so I've you know I've kind of touched on it on the show and we've we've had people write in with um you know, traumatic experiences like that. Mm-hmm. I guess what I was getting at is generally speaking, like I just talk kind of openly about mm-hmm. bad shit that's happened in my life because I want other people to feel able to be vulnerable about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of the conceit of our show and why people will write in pretty vulnerable things. Uh, you know, because I had to sit with a lot of really bad shit for a while and felt like I couldn't talk about it with people. Yeah. Come back to again that sincerity is a good ass thing, even if it's corny sometimes. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think uh, yeah, not being afraid to be vulnerable, especially when it comes to that heavy topic, that's the step. I, especially because there's like there's a lot of stuff militating. There's like monetary stuff militating against you coming out. I know at, at my sure. school there was there was a guy who was doing who was doing some stuff, and uh, the school covered it up. You know, which is very strange. It eventually came back at them. It eventually bit them in the ass, and like some a bunch of people had to fall on their swords because of the whole covering up the pedophile scandal thing. But uh, yeah, it it only got a reckoning like uh, decades and decades later because a bunch of people were brave enough to say this happened to me. Uh, this I mean that's what that's what similar would happen with this. It was all international schools, so like very very wealthy families you know, all over the fucking world, there's kind of a, I don't know, there's like an expat network to, to uh, international schools. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's weird fucking ties with that in other places too. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a similar thing where like that probably enabled it to a big degree for mm-hmm. like fear of upturning stuff in that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's the Catholic Again, church playbook. You send them to another parish. That's, we can't yep. get this out because it means, you know, the bottom line of our of our industry or the, the bottom line of our school will be affected. And this motherfucker went to, I would say, dozens of parishes across a couple of decades, yeah. maybe more than a couple of decades. Really fucked. I can't remember how I got on this topic, but really fucked up situation. Well, you saying that <laughs> like, uh, you know, deranged. this is this is why you need rupee core poems, you know, to, to have those <laughs> to self affirmations <laughs> and to expose the fucking cabal of these motherfuckers. I'm I'm convinced. No, it, it, we joked, but probably somebody has been emboldened to come forth with a story of like a, a trauma in their own life because of a rupee core poem. I don't doubt that has actually happened. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And again, there's 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 value to hey express the thing that that's in you that you're having difficult get difficulty getting out for shame or for whatever reason. And there's a good there's a good seed at the core of that. But just maybe when we read the poem, we we're a little bit less uh, funky about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make it more universal. You know, I think you know if. If uh, you can't, you can't just go with Rupi Kaur. I don't think would use the word molest in, in one of her poems. No, I don't think. No, I think that would kill the so. vibe. And I think that's sort of the point. You don't want to be reminded of that. Right. <laughs> don't uh, kill the vibe. Don't kill the vibe. Don't kill the Rupi Kaur vibe. Yeah, I don't think it's as sinister either as as like oh, we're building ourselves up to be uh, individuals in such a way that we're losing ourselves. I. I don't know. I, 
some people say that uh, or talk about atomization, but um, it's hard to tell if that's true or I'm just freaking out about it in the moment. <laughs> you know, uh, that's something I've I've felt kind of considerably because I've 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 moved around so much. Uh, it's something I've felt in like certain cities I've lived in where especially like living living in like a big apartment building in a city like Nashville or something where you don't really know any of your neighbors and like you got friends in the city but you're gonna drive to see them or whatever I've experienced moments of like god fucking damn like I am really isolated here I can't even like go borrow something from a neighbor because I don't know any of these motherfuckers Mm -hmm. and that is the kind of thing that like you know, pushes you towards uh, spending more money and giving capitalists more money, basically. I think there is something to all of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, also where people get isolated with their mental illnesses or health problems or whatever, and don't reach out to other people. And I don't know, a culture of shame around mental health stuff like adds to that. And mm-hmm. the whole self-sufficiency myth adds to that. I think there is, I'm, I don't know, I'm glossing over like a bunch of different points right now, but TLDR, I think I think there is something to the whole atomization thing. I've felt a lot of that. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely feel it. It's just, it, but I get. I guess that's also part of the atomization too. It's like I'm not sure how much of my own feelings are universal, you know. And it's yeah. I mean, that's why it's so weird to have Twitter and to have like a, a weirdly big platform on Twitter because. Um, I can clearly a bunch of shit are responding to a bunch of people are responding to the shit that I'm putting out there, but it's all in the air. It's all in the ether. It doesn't matter. You know, that that would, if like I went to a show or a concert or performed something and then a bunch of people came up to me after if only like 20 people, like less than if 10 people came up to me, less five people came up to me and were like, Hey, that was really good. That would mean more to me than, you know, however many thousands of Uh, which is why you got to get out there, perform live, do live stuff, do do art within a community. That's my goal for the year. Yeah, which I'm that's to, that should be mine as well. I'll, I'll try and do that shit. Trying to perform in uh, in some capacity. So if you're in Chicago, if I can follow my ass, and I'll be, I don't know if it's gonna be music or doing a live podcast or a combination of these things. I'm trying to figure something out, but uh, that that itch has been back in a big way and. I don't think I want to go back to stand up. I don't think that was quite the right avenue, but I want to be performing in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I stand up is interesting. I've considered doing stand up before, but uh, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm built for it either. It feels like you have to it sort of uh, uh, tends towards aggressiveness. Uh, not all the uh, time. There are plenty of non-aggressive stand ups, but I think a, a lot of them uh, sort of the format of it is it's me versus the audience. Sure. Um, yeah. Where I mean, that's what's interesting about it, because it is sort of a relational thing. Stand up isn't just the comedian. It is the comedian and also the audience responding to the comedian as well. But to sort of like steel yourself against their very real reactions. You know, I get upset about the online reactions of people. Like if somebody was like booing me or not responding to me or heckling me, you know, I don't know if I would be able to deal with that sort of thing. It's pretty intense. I'll say I I got heckled maybe once. And the yeah. thing that's much worse than that is when you say something you've been working on for a while and you get silence. Yeah. Fucking st- All right. Well, what, what else we got? What else we got here? Hey, you heard about this shit? (laughs) It's a mortifying experience. 
I think, yeah, especially because a lot of stand-up is supposed to be relatable. You know, you're trying to, does anybody else feel this way? Does anybody else? And then the silence confirms. Okay, nobody else feels this Uh, way. (laughs) Fuck me, I guess. I'm alone in the world. All right. All right. Nobody is confirming this. Or, you know, maybe it's not that they don't feel that way. It's just you didn't phrase it in a way where they 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 reacted. Connected with people. Yeah. I I had some fun doing it, though. But I, uh... (laughs) I don't know. You versus the audience, I think, is 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 maybe the the energy that I was feeling from there that didn't agree with me also. But yeah. I can't articulate exactly. I mean, I guess there's the element too that it, it it needs to be funny is kind of the focus of everything. And like, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to express some stuff. We talk about heavy topics on our show, and it's a comedy show, and I think mm-hmm. that makes it easier to talk about and engage with without it just becoming like this deadly serious overwhelmingly terrible thing that like talking about some of the issues around sexuality and relationships and stuff could become you know so there is an avenue there that you you know you can say meaningful things um but i guess that piece of it where like ultimately it has to be funny that's where i was kind of like oh there's stuff i want to say that i don't want to be funny though that's, <laughs> I don't know, that's kind of what i'm working on now is like i Sometimes I just want to express really heavy shit because yeah. it feels really heavy and I, I don't want it to be a funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you are also, if you consider yourself a funny person, give yourself the space to be serious sometimes. You know, I think a lot of funny people get get tripped up thinking they always have to be on or they always have to be riffing, you know, when sometimes you can just be, nah, sometimes you can just be dark. Sometimes you can just be the crow. Yeah. Oh, the crow was pretty funny. He had a good sense of humor. This ain't your mom's podcast. Ah. <laughs> All right, Dono, do you have any plugs? Where can they find you? Uh, check us out, Radio Free Tote Bag. It's me and my lovely co-host, Audrey. We we just had five years last month of doing the show, which is fucking crazy to, to think about. Uh, basically, you can write in to us with your dating, relationship, sex, I don't know, mental health questions, too. We get into a lot of different stuff, but mainly dating relationship stuff. Uh, right, people write in each week. We answer the questions. You can find us at rftb.me is our website, uh, or if you look up Radio Free Tote Bag on like whatever app you use, it's always the only thing that's called that because it's a very stupid name that I came up with. <laughs> you will find it if you put that combination of words together. Radio Free Tote Bag. At RFTB Pod on Twitter, I'm at RFTB Dono. I think I'm unlocked right now. Uh, I think that's everything. That's all the plug. Because like I, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to work on other stuff that I want to get out there in the coming months. So if any of the shit I've been talking about resonated with you, the, the the more heavy topics, these are some of the stuff I'm trying to figure out the right medium to express through art. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll be brave enough to post some writing soon. I've been doing a fuckload of writing, so. At RFTB Dono, I post thirst traps too. If you're into, if you're Hell into yeah. that, sometimes I post. I, had, I got a crop top from Aiden Arada's uh, merch drop recently. That I lo- <laughs> I'm working on self esteem shit. I look hot as shit in that. Hell Check yeah. it out at RFTB Dono. I've got a cool mustache. Yeah, I got long hair now. Uh, or in Rupee Core, I've got a cool mustache. A cool mustache. And long hair. <laughs> Fingers in my mustache. You found a crumb of my heart from the sandwich of dark love. <laughs>
Yeah, the same. Yeah, dog shit, dog shit, dog shit. Damn it! Now she I wrote, promise it's better than that. Uh, it's, 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 it's as good or better than Rupi Core. <laughs> Big endorsement. Yeah. Big endorsement. All right. Bye bye, everybody.